All right, so this um, episode of the podcast is about personal finance, and that sounds really, really boring. But actually, it's uh, pretty crucial when you're when you're trying to be better, when you're trying to own your own life. You need to, you know, get on top of your money situation. And for me, I didn't realize how um, big a deal this was. I used to hide uh, from my money situation. You know, I've, I've worked as a freelance, a freelancer in creative fields, and I've always had this kind of confidence issue, which kind of led me to believe I could never achieve anything or get, you know get into a place of success and confidence and basically ownership of my 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 space in this world if you like and i traced a lot of this back to money um money is a funny old beast it's a, a necessary evil um, but it can also be linked to self-esteem issues it can be linked to many other things that we're hiding from emotional problems uh, mental problems and you know for years i was terrified of opening my bank statements and as a result, my actual financial health was in a bad way. And this was connected deeply with my uh, issues of self-esteem, self-identity, this kind of thing. So I thought this, this podcast is called Being Better. So it's about being and being better. It's about living and living as well as we possibly can. And I thought it would be vital then. You know, we've spoken about spirituality. We've spoken about mindfulness, meditation um, and things like this. And I thought it was about time I spoke to someone about finance. So I reached out to uh, personal finance expert, Mark Allen Beauvais. Now he wouldn't call himself a personal finance expert, but I wanted to speak to him because a lot of the, the kind of finance people you, you see on the internet, for example, they talk about how, you know, you're a loser if you don't have like 10,000 pounds or a year's worth of money saved uh, in your bank account. And it's quite aggressive. It's quite this masculine energy. Whereas Mark has um, been in debt to the tune of $30,000 twice and he's dug his way out of it twice. And now he's sharing his um, knowledge sympathetically and realistically with people online. So you can find him at Mark Allen Bovair on, on Twitter. That's where he generally hangs out. But he also has personal finance tools you can um, download from him. So spreadsheets and things like that that you can use to keep on top of your um, top of your finances. Uh, the, the intellectual writer James Baldwin said, um, facing things doesn't necessarily change them, but nothing can be changed until it's faced. And this is what taking ownership of your life is all about. It's about facing up to where your problems are and tackling them head on, just dealing with it, dealing with that situation. Because as Tim Ferriss said in one of his um, podcasts, I think he was talking to Brené Brown a while ago, he said, if you can't deal with it, understand that you are dealing with the situation, but you're dealing with it in the worst way possible. You know, when you when you have all these problems, all of these things that are causing you pain and harm in your life, and you refuse to head them, you know, deal with them face on, you're dealing with them in, a, in other ways that are harmful, that are uh, undermining your ability to live a full and, uh, you know, abundant life, if you like. So, so enjoy this conversation with Mark Allen Beauvais. This is not all about money. We talk about empowerment, we talk about confidence, we talk about ownership of our situation. And money is just a small part of that. So it, it's a really fascinating conversation and I hope you enjoy it a lot. So find uh, Mark on Twitter, Mark Allen Beauvais, and from there you'll be able to uh, pre-order his um, tracker tools for 2021 or for 2020. And also a quick word, this uh, podcast is sponsored by The Word Tank. 
So the Word Tank is a editorial consultancy. They work with authors who want to self-publish. They work with academics. Uh, it's a it's a full service uh, consultancy. They do photography. They do podcasting. They do anything you want in terms of publishing. They can help you there. So they work with small businesses. They work with academics. They work with um, uh, authors, and they can help you turn your ideas into wonderful words that communicate um, to the world and reach your target audience. So really nice people there, uh, and uh, they have kindly sponsored this podcast. So enjoy this conversation with me, Mark Allen Beauvais, about personal finance. Cheers. So Mark Beauvais. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast today. Um, normally this podcast, it's, it's all about kind of how to own your life. So it's about, I call it being better. So it's about being and being better. So how to kind of create a life you love. And, you know, I touch on spirituality. I've talked to entrepreneurs and authors and stuff like that, but I haven't really spoken about money. And money is quite a big deal if you if you want to get by in life. We all need it. And we all kind of, it's our... Um, kind of necessary evil, if you like, um, which is why I wanted to speak to you because you're a, a finance expert. You've uh, had the kind of you've dealt with the realities of money. You've been in debt to the tune of thirty thousand dollars twice and got your way out of it. Um, and so you seem like a great person to approach for this. So it'd be great to hear a little bit about your story and how you um, came to came to kind of master money, if you like, from being on the, the bad end of it to being on the, the better end of it. How did it all begin for you? Uh, sure. First, I got to point out, boy, do we look similar. I feel like I'm talking to myself <laughs> a little bit. Same glasses, same beard, same hairline. You're a little bit slimmer. I think I'm, I'm a fr- I have a German friend of mine, and he says that they've got this term in, in Germany, and it's called COVID spec. And it's, yeah. it's COVID bacon. So this is the extra meat you put on from being stuck at home and not getting out to do any exercise. So Fair enough. I've, Fair I've got my COVID spec, but you're looking a lot slimmer than, than I am. So <laughs> yeah, I, if well. you would have caught me two weeks ago, it'd be a different story. But uh, <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, I, I've been sharing my story online for uh, the finance story, particularly for the past couple of years. Um, you know, I got into this realm. I've been a big fan of finance since I was in my uh, about 19 or 20. My mentor got me into finance and talked to me about finance. And I went to school and got a degree in finance, which is ironic. I wasn't very good with money, uh, my own personal money. I was good at doing corporate finance. I was good at helping people make money decisions, but I was kind of terrible at my own uh, uh, decisions. And so about 27 years old, I found myself 30K in debt. And uh, really, my second kid was on the way, and I decided I got to do something were different. This, were these tuition fees? Or, I mean, what, what had happened to get um, them? <laughs> some of it was, uh, a lot of it had to do with the fact that I got married um, pretty young. I was 24 when I got married. Had my first kid at 25. Um, didn't make a ton of money. We stretched to buy a big house in the suburbs, like, you know, they tell you to do. Um, and, and we kind of overreached. We, we, we bought nice cars. We bought a nice house. We had a kid in daycare full time, which is, you know, like having a mortgage payment sometimes. Um, so we just slowly, but surely I had some student loan debt. I had about 15,000 in student loan debt and then another 15,000 in just credit cards, uh, just cause we were, we were burning the candle at both ends and, and we didn't have the money to, to meet obligations. And so 
uh, found ourselves deep in a hole. And when the second kid was on the way, we were faced with, well, the daycare costs are going to double. We're still yeah. not making ends meet. Uh, we're servicing all this debt and something has to change. And so um, we, we buckled down and I got, you know, a, we got a plan and we put it together. We cut, we scraped, and this was all during the 08, 09 recession. So it was even yeah. more remarkable. We were able to pull this off and, and get ourselves out of debt. And, uh, and then, you know, no sooner as we made the last debt payment, I found myself divorced and, and uh, legal fees and, and uh, selling a home and going through all this process. And so next thing I knew I'm back 30 K in debt. <laughs> uh, so it was a big blow to drop back into debt after getting my way out that way yeah. uh, so I just started the process again uh, this time by myself and uh, and dug my way out over the next uh, five years or so and uh, and here I am so I'm 40 now and and um, even though I give people good money advice uh, it's been a little slow for me personally yeah. but also I've been there you know so I I don't you know you said expert money expert I you know I, I don't I wouldn't know if I'd call myself an expert but uh, I've definitely traveled a path that a lot of people are on and I can um, relate to that path and help them find their way uh, down that path uh, and, and it's been my passion my whole life but I just didn't realize that my passion with my own real world experiences would converge and make it into something that that it is now. It's funny, there's, there's, there's a lot of kind of macho talk around money. And, uh, you know, people say that there's, there's a, a really easy way to gauge how you're doing in life. And that's the number of zeros on your bank account, and, yeah. uh, you know, things like this. But the, the fact of the matter is, you know, life is tough and it throws spanners in the works all the time. So, you know, you have a divorce and that, um, you know, gets in, that spoils everything. You know, you, you buy a house to put a roof over the head of your children and your your family and it's hugely expensive and this whole, whole kind of addiction we have to credit and to debt um you know it's very easy to fall into these traps and it takes a lot of self-discipline to to get out of them as well mm -hmm. uh, for years I, I always thought that i was bad at money but then one day a friend of mine said you're not bad at money you just don't have money i mean do you, do you think the, the biggest problem we have is that we're we're not earning enough uh, well, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, this is anecdotal, of course, but I think we've been operating in a, in a the financial advice that most people follow um, has been around since, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, and we're, we're operating in a different paradigm now. Um, things have changed. Uh, you know, the, the typical advice that came out years ago was, you know, buy a big house, it'll always go up in value. Um, you know, just you know, work for one company for 30 years and live on a pension and, and have all these things. And so, and I know you're in the UK, so it's a little different, yeah. but um, here in the US, you know, we don't have a, 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 you know, federal or like a government retirement beyond this little social security program that doesn't really, you know, gives you a few yeah. bucks. But um, so the old advice was based on a few assumptions that have changed. Like you could you could make a good living and save for retirement and be pretty set on one middle-class income, uh, one wage earner, one person stayed at home with the kids and you could make it work. Um, now families are struggling with two incomes and kids going to daycare and they're trying to piece it all together. And, and yeah, it's definitely an issue of um, our buying power has gone down as a whole, especially in the middle class. And so, 
uh, yeah, we're not earning enough and, and it is tough. Um, that's one thing I learned paying off all my debt was that it wasn't my day-to-day -day weekly paycheck that paid off that debt. So like I, I always tell people, um, if you're doing it right financially, what you're kind of doing is holding, holding steady until the windfalls come in. Yeah, and so, okay. you know, it's not, you can chip away a little bit, but it, you know, if you're throwing $500 a month at a debt, you know, it's the long road, but if you're holding steady, not adding to it and slowly chipping away, then you get a tax refund for a couple thousand You throw it on there. Um, you know, you get a bonus or, you know, you go online, you sell a book and it makes a couple thousand or, you know, something like that. You can use those things to really start to make a dent, but you got to be in the position to use it. So day to day, I don't think, I think it is a problem for most people is not earning enough. Their, their daily obligations are covered by their paycheck and not much more than that. And like I've said before, um, you know, emergency funds are a popular topic in, in, in financial circles. And so they say, oh, you should have six months of an emergency fund. Well, six months is half your salary, right? Yeah. Um, you know, roughly speaking. And how long would it take you to save half of everything you make? Oh um, yeah. You know, for most people, that's like a, like a, oh my gosh, that'll take me 10 years, you know, maybe to get there. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so you got to be poised in position to use windfalls and you got to be ready to, or figure out ways to generate new income, I think is almost like essential now. Um, you know, you hear a lot about it and I, and I kind of hate it because I hate that it's necessary, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And I think having an extra stream of income from somewhere, somehow really is the deciding factor on getting ahead. Yeah. Do, do you think we need to toughen up? I mean, for years, I've, I've, I've kind of lived in fear generally. I've always been afraid of my bank manager. Um, you know, I, I, I never really knew how much debt I had because I never opened the letters that came from the bank. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was always scared of my boss. I never asked for promotions or pay rises. And do, do you think this kind of general lack of confidence that people like me have is keeping us in financial difficulty, do you think? Well, for sure. I think that, well, one, th one good point you make there is that uh, one thing I learned is that everything is negotiable. Right. So we, we think we're subservient to the lenders and that, you know, we're, we're just, you know, we're paying. And if we don't pay, we kind of like don't open the bill, right? You know, yeah. we kind of like shrink away from it. Um, one thing I learned going through my divorce, I had to sell a home during the big market crash of, of 08, 09 in that time frame. So I was underwater on the home. Um, I owed way more on it than, than it was worth. And so I couldn't pay it and I didn't have the money to pay the difference, but I had to sell. And so I learned, I called the bank and said, hey, here's the situation. It's not good, but yeah. how about we work something out? And you know what? They worked something out. That was like $70,000 underwater yeah. on the home. And they let me settle that debt for $5,000. And so, oh, yeah. and they wrote it off and I didn't have to, um, I didn't have to ever pay back the rest of it. You know, they just gave me a letter, said, you're free and clear. We will never come after you for this. Um, I was released from it. Uh, so yes, I think that, um, you know, that taught me a big lesson that, that, that we are lacking confidence sometimes for sure. But also you don't want to put yourself in too many situations where you are subservient to somebody else, um, you know, because, you know, it is, there is truth to the fact that the, that the um, borrower is a slave to the lender in some ways. Yeah. Um, but you, that doesn't mean you have to roll over and take it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and do you think this is a kind of good philosophy for life in general? I mean, um, 
there is a, a, a very famous quote, and I'm just trying to look it up now, um, who, it's, who it's by. But it's, um, it's something along the lines of um, facing up to things doesn't necessarily change them, but nothing can be changed until you face up to it. So, yeah. you know, that yeah. means, um, I'm just trying to find out who, who said it, nothing can be changed. Just Googling right now into his face. Um, James Baldwin, yeah, the famous author, James Baldwin said that. And it's, it's true. I mean, we, we hide away all the time, and especially with money, we kind of, um, you know, hide away from it because it just seems like too big a thing to face, especially when we're in, you know, $30,000 worth of debt or whatever. You kind of think, well, it's, it's just impossible. I'm never going to deal with that. So I'm just going to hide away from it and For sure. get in more trouble and get in, you know, <laughs> even further into it. You know, how, how much do you think taking control of your money is about empowering yourself and taking control of your, your life? You know, is there, is there a kind of um, philosophy for living behind all of this? Well, yeah, and, I, and I've been hitting at this for a long time because my advice tends to scatter away from finance a lot into yeah. just general self-improvement because they all go hand in hand. Finance isn't in a silo. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the first pieces of advice I give people, you know, I, most of my people, most of my clients and, and people that I work with are men, not, not, not on purpose, but it just, you know, tends to be the sphere I, I run in. But um, the, one of the first pieces of advice I tell them when they're trying to get their finances in order is you got to pick up some weights and yeah. lift some weights, you know, um, it just changes your mentality, like the physical changes manifest mentally and make you feel tougher. I mean, you just, you're going to take on any challenge you have a lot more easily if you've just picked up, you know, a couple hundred pounds on a barbell yeah. and uh, you're feeling on top of the world, you're going to go after things versus slinking down and, you know, kind of, kind of slinking into your couch and, and, and being, you know, a passive observer of life. It's a totally different mentality. And, and I think you got to get that stuff right. You got to get the diet yeah. and the exercise and, and, you know, watch the alcohol and all, all these basic self-improvement things. Um, will 100% impact your finances and it'll carry over. And so people want to go right after finances and they think their problems are money problems. Yeah. What they find out is that once they solve, you know, they solve the money problems and the other things don't get solved or it's hard to solve the money problems until you solve the other problems. You know, you might have issues all over the place. You might be, you know, a lot of times people are, are have money issues because they, they have, don't stand up for themselves and they're lending money to family and friends and never getting it back. And they're, you know, whatever, they're afraid to kick somebody out of their house who's been mooching off them or, you know, there's all these things, but you know, they all go hand in hand and you got to get, got to get yourself right. Um, from yeah. a self-improvement standpoint and it'll carry over to money for sure. And then I mean, you might even find that money isn't that, it wasn't even really that big of a deal. It was just like you were looking at money as, as yeah. your real problem. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I think in terms of my, um, my journey that I've been on, you know, the, the money situation has improved along with the, the health situation, the, the, you know, psychological situation. Yeah. All of these things do work together and, and I feel much more confident now that I am better off. And now yeah. that I'm a little bit fitter and a, a little bit, um, you know, just, it's, it's like the whole mind, body, spirit thing, you know, it's, these things all work together. You know, you've got to eat well, you've got to look after yourself kind of emotionally, spiritually, mentally, yeah. all goes hand in hand. Talking of which, I mean, your, your journey as well. Um, we spoke about this before uh, we started uh, recording, but you've paid off this debt, $60,000, 30,000 twice. Um, you lost 30 pounds of fat, you've gained 15 pounds of muscle. 
you build an online business, you build an offline business. I mean, how much of this is just like you've gone from being in a place where life happens to you to somewhere where life is there for you. And it's a kind of mental shift. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I can tell you that. So about, about 07, when I started to pay off all that debt, it was, it wasn't just, I was fed up with debt, you know, I was yeah. sort of fed up with just this way of life, like this consumerism sort of, um, you know, I'm on this rat race, you know, the, the mm -hmm. I'm going to work every day. I'm spending everything I make plus some, I don't, I don't really enjoy being at work, you know, but I'm stuck here forever. Cause I got to do pay all these bills. I'm never going to get out from under this. I'm buying a bunch of crap. I don't need, uh, I'm eating food that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. Um, you know, everything I just, I just, you know, for, for whatever it is that I'm thankful that I had the, I don't, I don't know what you call it, but there was like, I had the awareness yeah, that this is this just isn't right, and I, something isn't right about this. And I've been following what other people had said. I thought I was following the right advice. They said buy a big house, um, you know. They said buy, you know, eat. They said eat, you know, lots of carbs. They said eat, you know. They said to do all these things, and I, and I, and I had a moment in 2007 where I I discovered a couple people online. Uh, one was the Minimalists, which okay, some yep. people are familiar with the Minimalists. Which yeah, they, they know, have a show on Netflix, right? Yeah, they got a great, yeah. their documentaries on Netflix right. and, and, you know, I encourage people to check it out if you haven't, but they were my first, you know, um, introduction into, Hey, there's a better way to live. Like you don't have to live the way everybody else lives. You don't have to be a consumer, you know, rat in the, in the cage. who's was just buying up everything and you can live differently. You can get rid of all your stuff and still be happy. In fact, you'd be more happy. And, you know, I don't, I don't subscribe to a pure minimalist, you know, no. like, you know, you can go to extreme with anything like they're extreme because that's their brand. But you know, their point stands that you don't need all this junk to live. You don't need to live that way. You don't need to buy a bunch of stuff to feel happy. And it, all, it doesn't make you happy anyway for a long period of time. Um, then I discovered Mark Sisson, um, a primal, primal blueprint who taught me a better way to eat. I could, didn't have to eat the same way everybody ate. I didn't have to like accept the fact that I was 27 and overweight and didn't feel good. Um, so yeah, right around that time, it was just like you, like you were, your question there, which is my whole mindset shifted to, I, I don't have to live like passively the way everybody tells me to live and stuff. And it, some of it was just finding other examples to live off of, because I think we all need examples and role models. We can't just go it alone. I'm not the type to just, you know, make up my own way of doing things uh, really, but I just found a different path and followed a different, different group of people that looked to me like I had a better result going. And um, it's led me here and, and I'm forever thankful for that. And so, yeah, one of my biggest fears, people talk about what are your biggest fears? My biggest fear is losing touch, this self-awareness that I want to yeah. stay on this path. Like I see people living their lives kind of just mindlessly kind of zoning out in front of TV, zoning out in front of phones, not really paying attention to what they're eating and what they're doing. And my fear is becoming that. So my, my fear is not being aware, not moving forward, not trying to um, get the most that I can out of what I've been given, my mind and my body and, and all those things. And, and so, um, yeah, it's definitely a shift and it has to, has to happen and you have to be fed up. I think 2007, I'm so thankful I was fed up yeah. and uh, made that change. Did you make the change consciously? Was it something you said, okay, I'm fed up now. I'm tired of all, I'm tired of my own crap. I'm going to actually make a change or was it a change that one day you, something happened and you realize, Oh wow, I actually have some say in, in what happens in my life. You know, was it an accident or did you, 
did you make after uh, this change? I, I think it, it was it was definitely like a, a one of those moments, you know, like it just like um, I was I was riddled with anxiety. I was scared to death having a second kid and how I was going to pay for everything, and and I was scared to die because I was I was I had some health issues where I was you know going to doctors constantly. I'm 27, you yeah. know, and and you know nine years earlier I was like a you know top star athlete in three sports at my high school, a captain of the team, you know, I was, I was like in great shape, king of the world. And, and, you know, eight, nine years later, here I am like going in and out of hospitals for tests to see what's wrong with me, you know, it's because I was, I let myself go. I thought I didn't have to put in the work. I thought I didn't have to change, you know, do anything myself. I thought I'd just follow sort of the standard American, um, you know, or Western, you know, in your case, standard Western way of life. And then I'd be fine. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'd watch some TV and, you know, everything would be great. And so I had a moment, I really like broke down, like from anxiety and everything. And, and I went to a doctor, a family doctor who's older guy and, and really good. And, and, uh, you know, in short, I'll keep it clean. He used some swear words, but um, yeah. he, he, he basically said, suck it up, man. You're, you're a grown man with a family and stuff. And, and you got to take, you got to take control and you got to, be be a leader and and get yourself together for your family and for your friends and for everybody around you and and quit whining about it and just suck it up and do it and that was sort of the pivotal pivotal moment for me was that his advice and so when I left there I went and and you know there's some irony in the fact that he wasn't really giving me good nutrition advice he wasn't really yeah. giving me you know but he gave me that was the best life advice you could come across which was like just suck it up man and get out there figure yeah. out a way and work your way through this. And so from that point forward, I think I was different. You know, I was lucky in some respects to find the right path. You know, if I had stumbled upon different people when I started Googling things like, how do I, how do I eat better? Or, you know, how do I get out of all this debt? You know, so, so I Googled how to get out of all this debt. And that's how, what led me to where I'm at now. I started to follow all these blogs, these personal finance blogs, which were huge back in the, you know, 08, time frame every you know everybody out of personal finance blog and they're still out there but you know people are on social media more now instead of blogs but um what a wild ride and so now i've reconnected with some of those bloggers who are now on twitter and and uh it's been great like i feel like a i feel like a kid who's getting to meet all his idols you know like yeah, uh, yeah. all the all the personal finance bloggers who helped me dig my way out of out of uh the 08 hole I was in are now like my friends on Twitter and I'm helping them promote their products and, and we're having discussions in the direct messages and it's pretty fantastic. I mean, do you think that um, a part of this, uh, there's a, there seems to be a common theme. So I, I talked to a lot of people on a, a lot of um, different topics and the, generally they're all people who created their own lives. So whether that's, um, uh, you know, someone who set up their own business. So I've spoken to a guy who makes sausages. I've spoken to a guy who brews beer but I've also spoken to Buddhist monks and I've spoken to people who meditate daily nice. and um, all of them have had this kind of this similar journey. It's almost like the hero's journey that you find repeated. It's in the Bible, it's in star Wars, it's in, you know, Winnie the Pooh, yeah. you know, this, this yeah. hero's journey, everyone kind of hits rock bottom and then they, they have this wake up call and then they, they kind of come back out and it's, you know, this kind of this, losing everything and then becoming empowered to realign with with who they actually are mm -hmm. do you think i mean do you think it's possible to have this kind of hero's journey without having a crisis and without having this kind of this period of awfulness beforehand 
Well, hundred percent. I think that, I think that the hero's journey can either be external, like, yeah. you know, um, events, or it can be internal. Um, you know, maybe nobody notices it or sees it, but it's in your own head. Yeah. Um, you know, cause some people just have everything together from the day one, you know, you see some of these, I, 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 I like to laugh a little bit. I poke fun at it cause some of the people that I'm friends with in the personal finance community, they've never had trouble with money in their life. You know, they yeah. just, from, from the time they were 16, they were saving 30% of their income and, you know, they never missed a beat. They're millionaires by 30 and they don't really know what it's like to ever struggle, you yeah. know, with money. But I think everybody has their own hero's journey somewhere. Um, might not be external. It might not be in money. Uh, might not be in fitness. It might be a relationship. It might be, you know, reconnecting with a, you know, uh, a child that they, you know, haven't have lost touch with. Or, you know, there's, yeah. there's a hero's, hero's journey for everybody. I think everybody's got a different one. And some yeah. of it's just, some of it's just internal. It might just happen in their head. Um, and, and it might be one day, I think a lot of folks who talk about meditation and, and doing different things, they're on their own hero's journey because um, they're trying to find something within because uh, yeah. their external life maybe is fairly mundane, you know, and, and that's okay too. And some of the hero's journey is just breaking the mundane too. Like, a, like people who have it all together and have a pretty mundane, simple lifestyle will find that that's not satisfying always yeah. in the long term. You see people who seem to have it all going for them and then they kind of blow it up or, you know, have the, yeah. the midlife crisis. I think it comes for everybody at some point. Um, it doesn't mean you'll hit rock bottom, but it doesn't mean you're going to face some adversity or roadblocks that you have to overcome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, it sounds like you, um, so I've done, I've done some life coach training and they, okay. they talk about aligning your kind of goals with your mm -hmm. values. There's a lot of time. The reason why we're, we're unhappy with where we are or what we're doing is because the, the life we're living is not aligned with actually who we are and what our identity is. And this leads to all kinds of problems. So, you know, people fall into alcoholism, they, they make yeah. bad life choices and all this kind of stuff. And it, it's almost like a, a correction has to take place. So you either carry on on this road and then just end up dying sort of bitter and twisted and from all kinds of terrible yeah. diseases like, you know, modern diseases yeah. like uh, yeah. obesity and all this kind of stuff. Or you, you kind of have your midlife crisis or you have your kind of, you wake up and you realize you, you hate your, your high paying job in the city and you kind of yeah. make this, make this shift. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I feel like it's happened for me. I feel like it happens for most people. And um, you know, you used to get situations back in the 1950s where people would get to the age of sort of 40 or 50 and realize their whole life that, you know, they've got a wife, they've got children, but their whole life they've been living a, a complete lie because society has just kept this pressure on them. Mm -hmm. But maybe we're a bit freer now, you know, there is this huge, desire to buy stuff and to have the status symbols but we're, we're a bit freer now to you know engage with this more minimal lifestyle if you like yeah do you think in order to to get control of like your finances or your um um you know your your diet or any of this kind of stuff you need to be a bit more frugal you know and and make sacrifices did you find that with your um for myself by nature yeah i'm just um like you said aligning your life with your values so yeah. I'm, I'm just a very my values are to live lightly um yeah you know i i don't desire to have um even if i had the money you know i don't have the desire to have the 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 bigger house or the vacation home or the yeah. you know all that stuff like i'm perfectly content to um 
you know, if I could get up in the morning, my sort of my perfect day would be get up in the morning and jump in my old beat up pickup truck and throw a kayak in the back, you know, and, and drive down a couple miles to the, to the river and jump in and, and do some kayaking and, you know, things like that, like very simple pleasures. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that it's funny because it, people love the Peloton and they love that yeah. new mirror thing that's out like for the workouts and stuff. Oh yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Right. And you know, so it cracks me up because, you know, people are unhappy and they're looking for to do something that improves yeah. their life, which I'm never going to fault somebody for that, but they immediately think to buy something yeah. to make their life better. And, and you don't have to buy anything to do any of the things that, that, would improve your life you don't need to you know like I've, I've seen people I want to take up journaling I think journaling would be good and they go and buy a $35 moleskin <laughs> yeah. notebook yeah. you know like dude just go to the dollar store and get a, a, a you know a wire notebook for a dollar and like you can do the same thing and and so I think there's this culture that needs to I think it's still breaking down yeah I think we're I think we're seeing it break down a little um, I don't think we're there yet I think it's going to take society as a whole a little while to catch up but I think people in our sort of corner who are listening to this type of podcast and who've kind of begun this journey of improvement are, are already aware of the kind of the crumbling of this consumer culture where you think you have to buy something or spend money to solve problems and I don't think you do I think the realization is for me like I did I have bought a lot of stuff to solve problems even when I was going through the journey I thought I had to buy things to still do it. You know, I had to join gyms or I had to buy exercise equipment or I had to buy, um, you know, budget tracking tools or I had to buy, you know, all these different things. And, and the truth was I didn't need to do any of that. And so I'm happiest not to do that now. Um, so yeah, I think to answer your question, you know, there is some sort of realization that, that you don't need more to yeah. make any of these changes. You know, in fact, less is often more, but it's a big mindset shift because we're so conditioned to solve problems with the little dopamine hit that comes from buying a solution. You know, we've, we've been marketed to since we were kids that the solution to a bad day is to buy a happy meal at McDonald's. Yeah. And so we're, we're conditioned to, to make ourselves feel better through purchases and, and other things like that. And so it's tough to break that. I mean, yeah. I still find myself, I'm a good 13 years into being a, a aware and awake and it still gets me. It's still, I still get caught, you know, yeah. buying on Amazon when there's something, you know, I need a, something for my bedroom, a lamp or something. I'm on Amazon two minutes later. Like, I don't need to spend that money. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, it's just, uh, but it's there, that nature is there and it's too easy now. It's so easy. Right. Like, uh, but I guess it's, I guess it's like, uh, this is a common kind of thread that comes up, you know, looking after yourself mentally, spiritually, um, looking after your, your identity, it's almost like going to the gym. It's the same. You have to do these exercises and, and work on it every day. Just like mm -hmm. you need to be aware of your diet. You need to be aware of your exercise. You also need to be oh, yeah. aware of your behavior and your, your kind of uh, confidence and self-esteem. Absolutely. Do you, do you find you've, you've kind of, I don't want to say found yourself, you know, because that's really new agey, but do you find yeah. that since you've taken more control of your finances and your, your, you know, your f physical situation as well, you've become more confident in your own sense of identity and your own ability yeah. to make decisions and take ownership of your life? Uh, not consistently, but yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we still go through. So, you know, like the stress of the pandemic, for example, really mm -hmm. tested that, um, 
you know, I, I think that we don't really know a hundred percent until we've been kind of through once you've kind of found yourself, then you've got, then you've got to go through a few trials to see if that's really, you know, test, test it out and, and see where the limits are. And, and I've learned some things about myself through the pandemic and the, the stress and the, you know, the last six months have been crazy. I mean, I, I thought I had sort of found myself and then I, um, April, May, when things were really tough and we were really locked down, you know, I, I, hit, I found some, some low points yeah. and, uh, and realized that, but, it, but it's different. I think what, what doesn't change is once you've kind of found yourself, you hit these little low points or these, these stressors and, and you might not get through them perfectly. You're going to make some mistakes and you're going to revert back, but you're aware and you see yeah. it and you're learning from it. And so you're a little bit, I think it's overused kind of in the, in the Zen sort of way, but you know, you become a little bit uh, kinder to yourself uh, in the sense, you know, that um, you're, you're making mistakes and you're going to correct and you're going to learn from them. But then you accept that there's probably no better way to learn um, and improve yourself than to go through those trials, even after you've sort of found your way, so to speak. And in fact, you you never really, I think one of the big realizations I've had lately now that I'm 40 is it never really ends. Like you're never really yeah. there. You're yeah. never really like, man, I've really got it. I know who I am and I've got it all figured out and I can just kind of like chill. Uh, that's like, that's, that's, that's sort of my kryptonite now is like, if I yeah. let my guard down and chill and kind of relax into, you know, thinking it's all going to be the same from here on out is where I get bit. So, yeah, that's when something comes up that takes you by surprise. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's never going to be, you never really stop, you know, maybe when you're 80, you know, and, and you're sitting in a rocking chair, you can kind of let your guard down. But until then, um, you know, I think we're here on this earth to learn and, and grow. And yeah. I don't think that I don't think that that ever stops. And I think the challenges that are presented before us are there for the purpose of growth. Yeah. Um, and, and, and sometimes the challenge is just to avoid stagnation. Uh, yeah absolutely i mean that's a big thing for me if i if i get stuck anywhere for too long and i don't this is why i do the podcast it's why i, yeah. I write my books I, I need to have something going on all the time because yeah. if i'm just if if every day starts to look the same yeah and i start to get actually quite fed up and depressed you know? <laughs> yeah. i need i need something to keep my my kind of creative juices flowing all the time and conversations like this kind of yeah help me to do that a lot so in a way this this whole podcast thing is is therapy for me Oh yeah, for sure. You know, um, so do you think I was, I was kind of coming back to this whole idea of minimalism a little bit and mm-hmm. you you have a, um, that anyone can access, you have a, a kind of personal finance tracker, which yep. people see where they're spending their money, what their income is, their outgoings, this kind of thing. And it's, it's something I've kind of, I do myself every month. I do a, a check-in financially and that's been, you know, a great source of confidence for me to see where I, I am spending money. And it's, there's a kind of parallel here as well between finding out who you are. So, you know, we, we accumulate these bad habits. We buy our, our coffees from Starbucks. We, you know, we get into debt where we can actually be saving money by not buying lamps from Amazon. And so we, we start to kind of shed these bad habits and, and save money, if you like, along the way. Um, but also when we, when we build up that confidence, you know, like you were saying before, we live our lives according to what other people have told us. We, we get told how to live by our parents. We get told what decisions to make by our teachers. You know, there, there are structures and conventions that we kind of follow aimlessly, thinking this is the right way to live. But actually, we're not aligning with our own values. So 
when we get rid of all of that stuff, that's when we start to find out who we are. And I mean, is it, is it the same financially? Is there a kind of parallel here? Do you need to, I mean, is the key to all of this just to stop spending money on stuff you don't need and to, to rein it in and to be, be disciplined and tough on yourself financially? Or is, or is it more gentle than that? Uh, I think it's significantly more gentle than that. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I, I think the reason I have the tracker out there and, and my aim is because the, the first thing that most people need um, to do financially is just accept the truth. And so yeah. um, the truth sometimes financially is hard to find because uh, people have accounts all over the place and their money's kind of scattered and they don't really know what's going on with their money. You know, they might have a little bit of money in a retirement account. They might have a little bit of credit card debt. They might have a little bit of, you know, money in a savings in their checking. And, you know, it might seem okay, right? But um, you need to see it all in one place. You need to see where your money's going on a day-to-day -day basis. And, yeah. and you need to get to the basics. Um, you know, it's the same with fitness. You know, before you do anything, if you're going to lose weight, you got to know how many calories you're consuming in a day. Um, to get a baseline, you don't have to do it forever, but you do need to figure that out. Um, so finances is sort of like you got to bring the things to the surface. Everybody's journey is going to be a little bit different, but you can't get anywhere until you see what's really going on. You got to open the hood and see, yeah. you know, what's the problem. There's smoke coming out, but I don't know what the issue is, you yeah. know? Um, so my tracker, I built, I built it for myself because nothing else out there seemed to serve my needs. So I built the solution. I've been using it with my coaching clients. Uh, it's been out there for two years now and uh, people are using it. And it, what it's designed to do is very simply bring to the surface our cash flow, which yeah. is, you know, the, the cash flow is sort of like your blood. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't, nothing else you do, or, you know, maybe your breath is a better example. You know, nothing else you do, like you can't exercise and get in shape if you can't breathe, right? Yeah. Um, you know, cash flow is the same way. You're never going to get out of debt. You're never going to get, um, start saving money unless, at the end of every month, you've brought in more money than you spent. Yeah. Uh, that, that gap between what you spent and what you made, that's, that's the key to your financial future right there. The bigger that gap is, the more opportunities you have, the more debt you can pay off, the more money you can save, uh, all those things. And so, like you said before, it's not just about frugality and being disciplined and being cheap because there's two sides to that equation, right? Um, there's income and there's expenses. Expenses can only go so low. We ought to play, have a place to eat or a place to sleep, a place, you know, food to eat, clothes on our back, you know, uh, maybe a car to drive. We need basic things. And so we can only drive our expenses so far down. Yeah. Um, you know, some people get really extreme, but to me, that's not worth the effort. After a certain point, it's just not worth the effort because, um, you know, you're talking about saving such small amounts of money that um, it's not going to have a significant impact on your future. So, like I never clipped a coupon in my life, you know, like yeah. uh, I'm just not going to spend the time on that. But, um, you know, so, so you got to get it out in the light and see where you are. And you might find that your expenses are as low as they can be. And your problem is an earning problem. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people do find that, that, you know, I can probably cut a few things and, you know, people rush out to cut Netflix or something. And like, I, I say, don't cut Netflix because that $15 a month isn't going to change anything. You know, yeah. uh, that's not the issue. Uh, but you got to look at it and say, okay, I've cut everything I can. I think I need to earn more and I need to go down that path. And it's just that, you know, you might not have to track or be frugal ever again, but you just know now that yeah. my issue is that I need to earn more. My expenses are pretty good. I'm good with about spending money. I don't need to fight that. 
I just need to earn more money so I can focus my efforts on, you know, I tell people it's way, way better return on your investment to focus your effort on moving up in your career and getting raises and things like that than it would be to clip coupons. You know, like you might be better off on a Saturday morning to learn something new for your job than it would be to spend the morning clipping coupons from the paper, you know, yeah. because you, you might save $10 from clipping coupons, but a new skill at work that gets you a $10,000 raise is worth way more than that. So, but you got to know, you got to know where you stand or you might make plenty of money and you do my tracker or you do any other type of program and you find out, man, I spend a lot of money yeah. on stuff that I shouldn't be spending on. You know, like uh, I found when I started using my own tracker, I was like, well, I spend way too much money on food. Well, I didn't think I did, um, but I was really loose with it. And I like to eat healthy, so I wasn't afraid to spend good money on food. But boy, it was out of hand. I mean, yeah. I was able to cut hundreds and hundreds of dollars from my food budget once I realized I was spending that much. But in my head, I wasn't spending that much. But when it's on paper or on the spreadsheet, and that number just glares at you and says, hey, you know, you spent 1200 bucks last month on food. Mm. And, you know, it's more than your house payment. You know, you better, you better rein that in and do something. How, how much of this do you think is connected with fear? Because, I mean, you, you talked about, you know, you've got to bring this stuff to the surface and it means facing. It could be, it could be that you smoke too much. It could be that you drink too much. It could be that you're yeah. spending too much money going out to bars, whatever it is. Yeah. Or it could be that you, you, your job just isn't paying enough and you don't have the, the confidence or the, the skills to apply for something that pays better. And, and basically, you're, you're having to take a good, hard look at your life which takes a bit of courage, you know, when you're, when you're in that dark place and you're, yeah. you're kind of thinking my money is no good here, yeah. you know, how, how do we tackle that fear and just say, right, I'm going to face it. I'm going to, I'm going to do this and take control, you know? Well, that's something I've struggled with. I mean, if we could answer that really well, we'd, we'd yeah. have the best personal finance uh, products, <laughs> right? Um, uh, part of it is people like, uh, like my moment of uh, awakening had to happen yeah. naturally, you know, and, mm -hmm. And um, I think people have to get to their own point um, on their own. Somehow they have to get there. Um, there's voices like us out there who are ready when they're ready. Um, yeah. But we can't make people get there. I think they just have to make that decision. They have to get there themselves. They have to, you know, keep buying the booze, you know, one more time where they, until they're sick of it. Or they have to, you know, and they might hear our message before that, but then they make the decision. And so yeah. we're there. We're, we're there and we're ready. Um, and they've heard what we had to say and they might have ignored it 50 times, but it's still there and it's making a difference. And one day when they're fed up, they'll, they'll make that decision um, to go forward. I, I think, but I think psychologically, I encourage everybody to, um, you know, talk it out with friends, um, get advice. I don't, I don't say get counseling, but you know, if that's your thing and you know, it's not a financial burden, I think even talking to some type of counselor or, or therapist is helpful too, because a lot of those issues, you know, when you drink or smoke or, or even spend a lot of money, it's, it's a, an avoidance of some type of underlying um, issue that you're not facing. And yeah. it might have nothing to do with the spending. The spending is just a stress coping, uh, coping mechanism to avoid the underlying issue. It might be totally yeah. unrelated, but instead of going to that place and dealing with that issue, whether it be a relationship with a parent or, you know, yeah. Um, your own demons or whatever you've got to face you just go into the alcohol or the or the smoking or the or the shopping um, and, and to drown it out and I think a lot of people live lives that way their entire lives um, yeah. and never never get down to face those so if you find yourself facing 
you know, struggling with vices like that, like drinking and smoking or even spending, you know, I think I challenge you to take a hard look and see if that's something else deeper and even get some help if you need to, or at least talk to a good friend and, and kind of lay it out and say, is there something I'm missing here? Because why do I feel compelled? And for some people, I think for a lot of people, it's this sort of um, self-inflicted cycle that they can't break. So like you go to a day job that you don't like and it's, you feel, you don't feel free. You feel trapped. Um, you can't break out of it. You hate it. So you come home and you drink because you know, you're, you're stressed and you know, it's the only thing you got to look forward to at the end of the day is, man, I can have a few drinks and watch some TV, you know, and then you repeat the same cycle the next day, but it's not getting you any closer to getting out of that. And yeah. so you're kind of trapped um, in that. And then, so you got to look at it and say, okay, I have to give up my stress coping mechanism. My vice is what's keeping me from getting out of this. So instead of coming home from my job that I don't like and working on my side business that could eventually maybe replace my job or get me out of my job, I come home and I drink and I watch Netflix and then I go back and do it all over again the next day. And then I wake up 20 years later and it's all I've done. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to break that cycle. And, and I broke that cycle. Um, you know, it wasn't easy. And there was that awareness that came, like you said, it came about. And if I could trigger that in people, I would, I'd sell it, you know, I'd give it away for free, whatever I could do to trigger people to, to have that awakening, but I can't, you know, like none of us can, people have to find it and get there. There's so much, I mean, this is echoed in, it's funny, this is, we're talking about personal finance and taking ownership of your life, but this is echoed in, you know, the Buddhists that I speak to, they talk about, you know, um, self-awareness they talk about uh, empowerment and all this kind of stuff i've heard um there's a a motivational speaker called david brooks and he has a very famous quote that um it's uh, it's that successful people have two beliefs and the first is that um tomorrow can be better than today and the second is that i have the power to make it so you know mm -hmm. it's you know it's, it's this this recurring themes when we want to take ownership of our lives we need to be self-aware and we need yeah. to have the, the courage to take take the action and make the change mm -hmm. but sometimes we get so lost in in where we are our state of mind our, our kind of bad habits our, our cycle of you know self-sabotage that we just can't seem to get out of it um and also like the buddhists will say you know i can i can open the door for you but you've got to walk through it you know people yeah. have to come to this realization themselves it's it's so yeah. difficult when we're constantly being manipulated you know we're having advertising messages mm. telling us that we can't be happy unless we have this holiday or we have this car or we have this you know enormous house you know yeah and um you know so we externalize all our contentment and our satisfaction when really the answer is in in here we need to make the decision ourselves to make the changes that we need to do it's not easy no it's but not. also you know it's it's amazing how it it manifests itself in the, our relationship with money our relationship with um our bodies and you know everything else it's um you know it's it's a spiritual journey i guess as well isn't it as well as you know it's it's really what it comes down to it is a spiritual journey um probably more than anything it's what are we going to learn from this and yeah and how are we going to what do we learn about ourselves from these things that happen and um, you know, I, th I think one of the things that, that's, that people struggle with that weighs people down a couple, well, I, I was thinking of like two or three different things all the time. One is ambiguity. So a lot of times people do decide, well, Hey, I want kind of want to get better. You know, like my life kind of, kind of 
stinks and and I got to make a change but there's like a million options right like there's a there's a thousand diets you could try there's a thousand budgets you could try there's you know there's and people don't know what what to do and so they become overwhelmed and kind of just revert back to the yeah they give up mean just go back to what I was doing because there's some I don't know what to pick right um the other one is is um regret or or just looking backward uh I think making a change is also you have to you're you're accepting the fact that you weren't doing things right mm-hmm. uh, for a long time and and that's not easy for people to overcome I think that's harder than people give credit for you know if you're going to change the way you've been doing something it's it's a bit of an admission that I wasn't doing it right and the ego yeah. doesn't want you to do that it wants you to stay the course and and, uh, and then you'll say, gosh, I, if I would have made this change 10 years sooner, geez, you know, and then that even that can create push people back down the hole because the, the regret of, man, if I would have just started saving money at 30 instead of 40, you yeah. know, I'd, I'd be free right now. And then you kind of like it sinks you down. So these these negative emotions crop up every, you know, it's like a, it's like a booby trap every turn um, yeah. trying to sink you back down. And, and you got to be mindful of that you gotta let things go um have a short memory i tell my kids all the time you gotta have a short memory you gotta let these things go you make mistakes um you're gonna make them all the time you're gonna realize you've been making the same mistake for 20 years one day yeah Uh, and you're gonna have to live live with that and just accept that there's nothing you can do about any moment that happened before this one right now you can't change it you can't change the way you were thinking what you were doing who you were with anything except right at this moment nothing before right now can be changed. And so it's like, it's a big hurdle yeah. to overcome and something I've struggled with a lot because I'm like, man, if I would have made a couple different choices in my early twenties, my life would look totally different, you know? And I'd be like one of these guys talking about having six zeros in their bank account or whatever. Yeah. And, um, you know, to tell everybody who's not saving that much money that they're just losers or something, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm thankful for my journey because it is, who I am and I wouldn't change one bit about it. Um, looking back on it from that perspective, those mistakes were part of who I am and made me who I am today. And I wouldn't change that for anything. What's well, funny. I was reading about Warren Buffett the other day yeah. and uh, someone was talking about him and, and um, you know, I, I would love to have Warren Buffett's money and I would <laughs> love to know the secrets. And, and they said, yeah. well, the secret is he started when he was nine years old investing yeah. and he's been investing since he was nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't go back to when I was nine and, and start investing. So I have to start now and, <laughs> and face, and, you know, face that shame that right, I didn't right. start investing when I was nine. Yeah. And I, didn't, I didn't start when I was 20. And I, you know, I, I, all I was doing was spending more money than I was earning and, and getting into debt. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, a sh- you know, it's very shameful, but when I kind of went on my, my hero's journey, if you like, uh, I did have to come to the to terms with the fact that where I am right now is is based on all the decisions that I've made up to mm-hmm. this point, bad decisions, good decisions, but ultimately my decisions. But also that's that's really empowering because you you know that if it was my decisions that got me here, it's my decisions that can can get me out of here as well. So I, I have the power yeah. now to shape my future, you know, make the right decisions and not buy that latte on, and not cancel Netflix, <laughs> but you know, start, you know, apply for the, the better job or the, the pay rise or yeah, you know, that kind of thing. And accept yeah. the fact that you're still going to make mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like you're still making mistakes today. That's the thing. Like I, I'm still making mistakes every day, even though I'm aware and I know yeah. what I should be doing and you know, 
But I guess that's life, isn't it? It's moving from one mistake, one obstacle to the next. Well, and I like to I like to laugh and think, but you know, some of the stuff I did, even some of the things I wrote five years ago, I look back yeah. now and it like it cringe, it hurts, you know, it's so terrible and you know, so off base on things. But now I wonder what am I so off base on now that five years from now I'm gonna be like, Man, wow, I was so dumb. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, would you in, in five years' time, would you you know that I, I, I listened to a, a podcast with the, the guy who set up Wired magazine. Yeah. And he, he said, sometimes when I'm writing, I write pages and pages and it's just awful, awful stuff yeah. that I'm writing. But then I write the good stuff. And yeah. it, if I hadn't written all that awful stuff, I would not have got to the point where I'm writing the good stuff. For you know, sure. If you hadn't written oh, yeah. those, those awful articles years ago, oh, yeah. made those mistakes, you know, you would No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I think about the books I've, I've written entire books that I threw out, you know, that I, you know, I got 20, 30,000 words down in a, uh, on a word document I just hit delete I'm like that's terrible oh, but and I think how many hours did I spend but you know that you're absolutely right because the next time I wrote something it was yeah. better because I spent those 20 to 30,000 words you know writing garbage it helped me yeah. figure out what was good and uh, so it's not wasted. Do you think we need to um, there's a um, Brené Brown has a, a book called Daring Greatly and it's it's um, she paraphrases a quote by one of the great American presidents I can't remember which one it was but Basically, it's, you know, if you're going to put yourself into the arena and, and put yourself out there, if, and it's the same, if you're going to ask for the pay rise, you have to be yeah. prepared that you're not going to get it, or you have to be prepared that you're not going to get that job, or you're going to have yeah. to be prepared, you know, if you're going to start that side hustle, write that book, you have to be prepared that it's, it's going to fail, it's going to be mm -hmm. um, terrible. I mean, I, I saw on Twitter today, you've, you've um, studied the pre-orders for your next, um, your next personal finance tracker and yeah. even though you um you know you give away a lot of wisdom for free on online you you're you know you're there year after year sharing what you know people have already started calling you a kind of a money grabbing yeah. whatever you know yeah do you think we need to just accept the fact that if we are going to grow and, and become independent and take ownership of our lives that we're going to have to be strong and and be able to deflect away this kind of this stuff are we going to have to take a beating if we're going to you know fulfill our potential yeah um i think you get to a point where like i think that's part of my growth was i had to take that beating a yeah. few times to realize that it, i can brush it off you know sometimes criticism is healthy you know like i like to listen and maybe i am doing something wrong you know i had a few people say oh you know this seems spammy or this seem you know whatever and I, and I took a minute and I reflect and say, okay, maybe I am, maybe I can correct a little bit. Maybe I'm being a little bit spammy because marketing is something I don't know how to do very well. Yeah. Um, I know how to help people with finances. I know how to create the tracker, how to market it properly um, is not my thing. Sometimes I just kind of copy what other people are doing and that yeah. might seem spammy because it's, it's not really authentic and it's not my voice. And, and that's probably my next challenge really truthfully to overcome is this sort of fear of self-promotion that I have, uh, yeah. you know, cause I've always been very humble and I figured if I put in the work, the results would follow. Um, but I'm realizing, and that's my next area of growth is that that's just not how things work in the digital world. Uh, yeah. you know, if you want to get noticed, if you want to sell books or, you know, finance trackers or whatever, you got to put yourself out there. Uh, yeah, you gotta absolutely. go, you gotta go into the arena. You gotta, you know, like in gladiator, you gotta entertain people and you've got to, um, 
you know, you got to be the one doing it. And, and that's going to come with uh, the hate. It's going to yeah. bring, it's going to bring it because nobody likes to see anybody not and say nobody, but there are people out there who just don't want to see anybody go out there and, and succeed. And I think it, it's rooted in jealousy. They wish they were doing it or they feel like they're capable of doing that, but they're not. So there's a shortcoming and they're going to, um, you know, project that onto you. Uh, you know, so I listen, I carefully consider and make sure that I'm, you know, not following a path and I know I'm not great at it. Um, yeah. so some of my stuff might seem spammy and that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm a, upfront about it. Like I'm just not an expert. I might have to hire somebody to help me market, you know, um, cause I'm just, this is not my thing. Uh, but I am going to have to get over the self-promotion and you do get a thick skin. I've been on Twitter six and a half years and I've got, you know, 30 some thousand followers. I mean, every tweet I put out has somebody in the comments who's like, you're an idiot. You know, what, yeah, I don't yeah. know what the heck, you know, I, I could put out that, hey, what a beautiful sunset there was today. And, you know, they'd be like, what are you, what are you dumb? Yeah. <laughs> Seen better sunsets, you know, I, I don't know. It's so I've, I've, I doesn't bother me anymore, but the self-promotion is something I have to overcome. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's my, you know. there's someone I'm trying to get on my podcast and I, I don't know if, if she's too busy, but she has a, um, a book out and it's just called fuck being humble <laughs> because, you know, we're never going to get anywhere if we hide our light under a, a, that's the old saying, isn't it? Hide our light under a bushel. You know, if we, if we don't kind of, you know, really kind of try and put ourselves out there. You don't, you don't have to be kind of, you know, bragging and this kind of extroverted character, but we just need to be open about what we're capable of and what we're, what we're bringing to the table, you know? Mm. And it's it, great. I have to check that out. Cause I, yeah. you know, a lot of my identity up to this point has been a lot of people will praise me for You're so humble and you're, you know, you're so, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you're so reasonable and that kind of thing. And so, it's scary because that, that's, that's probably why I need to do it is because it's scary to sort of like shed that and say, okay, now I'm not going to ever, ever, I'm going to be out there self-promoting and, yeah. and kind of being a, a little bit uh, bombastic on my own behalf, but, and I'm not going to have people saying, Hey, you're so humble. And, you know, yeah, yeah. And it's like shed part of my identity. It's like a growth. It's like shedding old skin. Yeah, and, maybe. I mean, um, so. Who was it? It was um, Dita Von Teese. She said that um, you can be the juiciest, tastiest peach in the world, but there'll always be someone who doesn't like peaches. You know? <laughs> That's it. Like, yeah, I like that. That's pretty good. That's for yeah, sure. for sure. I, you know, I, and um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about that, that yeah. next step, but it, it is certainly going to come out. I mean, I just promoted my first affiliate product this week and it got all kinds of hate for it, you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so we'll see when I launch my tracker in, in uh, November 1st, I guess this is also like, you know, you're facing, you faced up to your, your weight and your health, you faced up to your finances. Now you've got to face up to marketing your, your products, marketing your, you know, yeah. your business. And this is something well, that I anyone, think anyone will have to do if they want to increase their earnings, you know, they're going to have to yeah. face up to the negativity one way or another. Well, and as part of it, it's just, it's not even facing up to that. It's facing up to, um, the fact that I like to be liked. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But a lot of, I like that people like me, a lot of people like me and I don't like when people don't like me and that's a, that's my hang up, you know? And so this, this throws that um, into the spotlight is, you know, in order to gain something, which, you know, my goal is to gain, um, you know, to help a lot of people mm -hmm. with this finance tracker and have a profit for myself that I can, you know, use to, to better my personal life, I'm going to have to go through that gauntlet of not everybody's going to like me anymore. And I'm going to make people mad and angry and uh, yeah. too bad, you know, if, they, if it's not for them, they can unfollow me. They don't have to buy my product. Um, 
and, and that that's the end of the story. Um, there's really no no reason to, to for it to go beyond that or to have personal feelings about it. It's funny. I, I'm I'm full of quotes. I, I I always seem to come up with like quotes that other people have said. But Ryan Holiday <laughs> quoted someone else when he said that um, you know people. Uh, people want you to be boring so that they don't have to be interesting. You know, so when there <laughs> like are people that. out there doing stuff and they're, they're trying things and they're, you know, and sometimes finding success doing that, everyone who's kind of sat on the sofa, not doing that kind of, yeah. well, not everyone, but some people, um, you get this kind of road rage. It's like, well, it's not fair. Why, why are you having the success while I'm sat here on my sofa eating yeah. my takeaway pizza, you know, um, not having the same success as you. And not, I, I see people like Jamie Oliver. I don't know if you had him have him in America. Is that he was the Naked Chef? Oh, okay. And, uh, uh, which was big in in America when I, I I lived out in America for a while and had the Naked Chef on, and he's done very well for himself. But he's he's earned every penny. But as soon as he says anything on Twitter, just he gets bombarded with hate. You know, <laughs> and I guess it just goes with the territory. You know, it's part of the, you know, it's, it's that facing up to the discomfort, if you like, of that position where you are and, and putting yourself out there. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So if you could give maybe two tips for anyone who wants to take control of their, their situation and take a little bit of ownership of their, their financial situation, what, what would those tips be? Oh boy. Um, well, number one, I mean, this is just, what I do and, and this is yeah. what I say, but you gotta, you gotta face the truth and you gotta track yeah. it all. Um, there's no other way around it. I've never seen anybody who's in a bad financial situation get out of it without writing everything down. I mean, a pen and paper, you don't have to buy my tracker, you don't have to do anything, you don't have to buy a book. Just take a pen and paper from the dollar store and write down everything you spend. And you don't even have to track it when you go to the store, just go to your bank statement yeah. At the end of every day on your phone and, you know, go to the app and look at what you spent and write it down. You got to, you got to write it down. You got to have a physical um, connection to the money that you're spending. Um, when we swipe a card, we don't have a physical connection to it. It's, it's just in some virtual world. We don't really register, you know, when you, back in the day when we would pull money out of our wallet and spend it, you could feel your wallet getting thinner, you know, like you would yeah, yeah. literally, you'd be mindful of the cash that you have in your wallet and everybody could tell you kind of roughly how much money they have left in their wallet because you're kind of like, Oh, you know, I had a 20 in there and I spent five at the, you know, Starbucks and I spent four at the, you know, gas station or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so you were aware, but now when you swipe, you don't have that awareness. It's just not there. You're not thinking the same way. And so you got to make it real and write it down. I'm not saying go all cash, but you got to make it real and you got to make, make yourself feel that. Um, and then uh, number two, I would say, I don't mean, mean to get too um, esoteric, but uh, you got to figure out what it is that's causing you to, what are you avoiding in your life? What, yeah. what, what's your pain point? What are you trying to get to? You know, maybe you just hate your day job, but if that's what it is, then do something about it every day. Um, yeah. Even if you spend 20 minutes, I mean, flip, I got a, a timer on my desk, a little uh, hourglass, flip it for 20 minutes and work on something that, that can help you get to where you want to be. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't even, you just literally open a word document or a Google docs, flip it for 20 minutes and write whatever you feel like writing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even have to be good. Um, but do that every day, 20 minutes to work toward. I think it's the key. It's like, if you've ever seen the movie Shawshank Redemption, you know, uh, uh, where he, Andy digs his way out of the, out of the prison cell, one spoonful of 
a dirt at a time, you know, over 20 years. If he hadn't started and had people say a spoonful, that's going to take forever, you know. Um, but he did it. He did it every day. And, and next thing you know, he had a tunnel and he got his way out. And that's how we should look at life. And, and uh, whether it's your finances or your fitness or whatever, you know, 20 minutes of exercise isn't going to do anything. But 20 minutes of exercise every day for six months is going to do something. And it's the same with finances. The little thing, five minutes of tracking every day is going to change your financial life. It's that simple. And, um, and so you got to do those things and you got to, you got to make it a habit. Um, and don't overcomplicate it and don't be hard on yourself. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to miss, you're going to quit. Uh, you're going to jump back on at new year's. You're going to quit again. You're going to jump back on, you know, um, keep going. It'll stick. That's it's great because that's not the kind of advice I was expecting, but I think there's so much more value in that. You know, it's just, it's just, just do it. Just keep sh showing up every day. Just do the small up. thing and just, you know, let it, let it do its own thing. Let it happen over time. It's, it's those little habits that you do consistently over a long period of time that have the big, the big results. Yeah. Even if you don't know what to do, just do something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. And it, yeah, it's, and that could be, you could apply that to so many different things. It's not just about money. It's about your health. It's about, you know, even maybe dating or, you know, yeah. your love life, your, whatever it is, building sure. a house, you just lay a brick at yeah. a time and it eventually comes, comes together. That's right. Talk to one girl a day or talk, you know, do whatever you got to do, but exactly. you know, it'll get you there. Absolutely. And yeah. so if people want to find out more about you, where is the best place to look? Well, I'm on Twitter the most, uh, at Mark Allen Bovair, A-L-L-A-N Bovair. Um, I have a, a website, frugability.com, yep. uh, where I do my financial stuff. And I've got links to my store where the tracker is going to be and, and uh, all that. So that's where you can find me right now, those two places. And um, I'll be coming out with the tracker on November 1st and uh, look for more podcasts and blog posts and, and all the like. Excellent. And so you, and you can pre-order the, uh, the tracker now. Um, it, it should be up in a day or two. So okay, keep an eye out. Yep. Okay, yep. I don't have the pre-order form out yet, but I did announce it today that it's coming. So uh, you can go to gumroad.com slash frugability right on the page there. You can sign up to be, follow the page and you'll get an email when, the, when it's uh, launched. So. Yeah. And I, cause I can definitely recommend it. Cause I, before I even saw that you had one, I, I made my own, just an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. It's very basic. It's not nearly as advanced as yours, but, um, uh, and I, I just do it once a month. I, I, at the end of the month, when I get paid, I look at everything I spent that month and literally I can do it in half an hour. I can just look yeah. at kind of what I spent and it's, I have my fixed outgoings. I have my, my groceries, which roughly work out about the same. You know, I can see yeah. the little areas where I'm, I've got some bad habits going on or that yeah. kind of thing. And yeah. it, it's so good for my confidence just to know what's going on with my money, you know, mm -hmm. and knowing what I can save and, and all these kind of things, really empowering. So, so that's brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And sure. um, yeah, I think I, I just learned so much from this, not just about money, but life in general as well. So really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Cool. Thanks very Thanks much. Thanks for having me on. No worries. All right, so I really enjoyed that conversation with Mark. He um, is really down to earth and genuine guy and understands that personal finance isn't all about being aggressive and uh, masculine. And, you know, it's, it's actually, it's just about facing up to life. And I got a lot out of that. Out of that. So I hope you did too. And um, keep an eye on this podcast. Subscribe where you can, rate it, give us five stars. Because, um, just because. 
uh, put a lot of lot of heart into these conversations. And uh, you know, I'm not Joe Rogan. I don't have a hundred million from uh, Spotify to play with, but uh, I do this and I try and fit it in around all my other things that I do um, for you to share with you, to share my love with you. Um, and I hope you get some value out of it. All right. If you want to find out more about some of the other podcasts, uh, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, wherever, or you can go to my website, chrisbrock.uk and click the link to podcasts. You also find some of my writing there. And if you sign up to my newsletter there, you can download my latest book, Shine Manifesto, absolutely free. All right. Thanks a lot. And uh, see you on the next one.